I'm James Hug, and this is Outside the Glass. Outside the Glass is brought to you by SquashProShop.com, our source for equipment for racquetball, badminton, paddle tennis, and of course squash. They carry a great selection of squash equipment from all the top manufacturers at the lowest prices. Rackets and shoes, balls and bags, goggles and grips, they've got it all, and they offer fast and free shipping on orders over $25. For the best selection, prices, and service on the internet, visit squashproshop.com. For the past 30-odd years, Howard Harding has been the man behind the story. He has been involved in marketing and public relations, uh, managing the press room at tournaments, and uh, most uh, significantly, perhaps, is his uh, role as the media director for the game. In October 1996, he became the media director for the World Squash Federation, the Professional Squash Association, the Men's Tour, and the Women's International Squash Professional Association, uh, WISPA, the Women's Tour. So he's had an incredible uh, behind-the-scenes so pretty extraordinary. Uh, here's our conversation. Um, <clears throat> all right. So, Howard Harding, we wanted to chat about your, you know, life in the game so far. And how, so let's start it with how did you get started in squash? What, okay. What was the, you know, the origin? Basically, what happened was I used to be, I used to work in the music industry and, um, got married and moved somewhere very close to a guy I knew really well as a journalist in the music industry, a rock journalist. And um, one day he said to me, do you fancy a game of squash? I thought, uh, why not? Yeah, I, never, I, I went to, I mean, unbelievably, I went to a school with squash courts. I went to university with lots of, Nottingham University, as of well, Gawain, all these, lots of big people came to squash, but never went anywhere near the squash courts, never had any interest in it at all. So anyway, there, I, I, this guy said, oh, I said, yeah, okay, let's do that. Got absolutely instantly hooked in it. But I was, by then, I was already 30. And, and in fact, uh, one of the reasons perhaps that made me pursue it was that somebody said, oh, no, you're, you're 30, you can't, oh, it's very dangerous, you shouldn't do this. I said, come on, don't be. Anyway, so, and, and, I, and I got absolutely, completely, um, uh, well, completely hooked on it. Never, have, have never been any good, but love the game of my level passionately and of course I mean you know bring, consolidating everything just got more and more interested in it just went to see events and blah 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 met a guy Colin McQuillan well you know Colin, Colin he and I both play he and I both live very close to each other in North London and both played at the, at the same club <coughs> sitting in a bar one night uh, sitting in the bar one night he said oh god you know because he was a he was a journalist who worked for the Times he, he covered football Love squash. I was in PR. Uh, love squash, and he said, "You know, we should we should try and get involved." And of course, you know, within a short time, relatively after that, I became the PR person for PSA, WSF, and Doug, and he became the Times squash correspondent. I mean, it's just sort of ludicrous, but it just happened over a casual drink in a bar in this club in uh, North London. All right, um, so back, let's go back to the the uh, music industry. What were you where, where were you doing for that? I was in well, I mean, <coughs> latterly I was the PR director for a label called Arista, mm. um, Columbia Pictures. Yeah. Clive Davis owned it, or Clive Davis ran it. Yeah, and I was the, 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 the ran the PR department in the London office, dealing what, with. What, what year is this? It's um, what year is this? This was seventy five to eighty. 
And so Clive had, who, who, who were you managing? Who were you promoting? Oh, I, well, I mean, the very first, the very first, when I joined in 75, um, the very first band I had to do, had anything to do with, was a band called the Bay City Rollers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, rock, the, the pop band, pop yeah, band yeah, yeah. Who, who at that stage were nothing in the, the States. Um, and and they were uh, they were they were number one on the on the, the label. The label actually wasn't called Arista then; it was called Bell in the UK. And uh, and of course, suddenly, my God, they were massive, and there were there were fans sleeping on the on the steps of our office building and all that sort of stuff. And oh my God, I mean, I was involved with everybody from Lou Reed to Patti Smith to the Kinks to Barry Manilow to um, I mean, loads and loads of acts. And I was the so I was the PR person for the label and therefore very involved in a lot of these acts. I mean, I was very involved, as it happens, in the launch of Barry Manilow in the UK. Um, had an amazing experience with Lou Reed when um, he, uh, I mean, I'm just trying to think of sort yeah. of the highlights, when he uh, was in London to do uh, to, to do some press and uh, he, uh, we, we were, our office was very close to the American Embassy in, in the heart of the West End of London very lovely old-fashioned office and I had an office on on the first floor and next to it was the biggest office in the building the MD's office and because it was Lou Reed the MD said yeah you can do the interviews and I'll, I'll go somewhere else you know so okay so the, all these interviews are done there and while I was uh, while we were doing one of them Lou Reed said I want to see um, uh, Charles uh, your, your, your boss I said okay okay Mr. Reed I mean as it were I mean I didn't probably anyway so <clears throat> so I at some point, when I said, "By the way, can, you know, can you?" At some point, he needs to say. So they, they had the meeting. Um, I was then called into the to the MD's office after, and he said, uh, "He said, you didn't tell me to have a gun." I thought, "A gun?" Anyway, apparently, <laughs> threatened the MD with an with the gun. I have no idea. Had a gun. <laughs> anyway, so I mean, that's just an aside, really. But the fact was that was. That was what you know. One of my memories, if you feel like being in the well, music industry. Well, the scene industry. in the 1970s was just wild, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. How did you get into being in music? You loved music growing up, and then you. I was uh, <clears throat> yes, absolutely. I was um, when I was at. Uh, I mean, very. I I sort of got myself obsessed with my music latterly in school. Mm. Suddenly thought, oh, this is my life. I want to do music. I want to go to university, read music, and um, then I suddenly realised, hey, this is crazy. You know, I'm not. I, I'm. I mean, I and I play. And I'm not. I'm not. A. I'm not good enough to be a, a, a performer. And B. What else? Teach? No, I don't want to teach. So okay. So forget that. Let's just do something that's that's uh, that's related more interesting. Yeah. More well, in a sense related. I actually did engineering. I did an electrical engineering at university. And and but I thought, <laughs> well, I still want to get into music. But maybe from a sort of you know commercial point of view. So I applied to. Every, you know, organisations in music and got a job from with a record label and because they had an electrical engineering degree they thought I wanted to do technical stuff not really and so I then got involved in all aspects of you know A&R which right. is listening to yeah. bands and listening yeah. and, and of course I was hoping I was getting involved in, in in a sense classical music because that was really what I was interested in but of course there, you know the classical industry market yeah. is that and the rock market is that and so, so I was very happy to get involved in the, in the music industry but you know and and then moving on, uh, when you get to about thirty and you're in the music industry, and again I've repeated this so many times, the famous rock, a famous pop producer called Mickey Most. You know, okay. Well, Mickey Most said every record he produces is for a sixteen-year-old, and and I think and I think 
Christ, I'm not 16 anymore. So, okay, so I sort of just got, I just got out, I just got out of, out of it and felt it just wasn't right for me. So I left, but I was meanwhile doing PR. I mean, somebody had introduced me to PR, another journalist, in fact, the, the editor of Rolling Stone in the UK said, hey, you'd be great in PR, blah, blah. And that's how I got the job with, with Arista. Mm. And, um, and so when I moved out of the music industry, I still wanted to, I was, I was by then into PR and slowly got involved in the sport. And and it, it struck you know struck me that this, this, the 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 roles are similar because you've got people who are I mean you know in, in the same way you've got music industry people who are interesting and, and have a story to tell and who are who are attractive to the public so you have them the same in sport so I sort of moved that way and then because of my eventually moved more and more into squash until I could became exclusively involved are you squashing. still like do you still talk to Clive like are you in touch with any of these oh, people no. I mean like, I, I used to deal with concerts or like you know? oh I mean I, the fact of the matter is now my interest in music is much more jazz mm. and therefore whilst I you know I still I'm still interested in, in the rock world I'm not as interested in it as I am in in is musically as I am in jazz, yeah. so that's really what. So you what, go to jazz concerts. And I go and I play and I play in bands and. Do you? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. So what instrument do you play? I play the trumpet. Yeah, I play I play lead trumpet in two big bands and. Uh, two bands. Yeah, two different bands and um, and I mean you know, missed the rehearsal this morning because I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I, I I was saying to James yesterday because James you know James at Woolstrop is really into acting yeah, and he he, right. he did a, a plays yeah. and stuff. yeah exactly and I just we, we were just sharing the thing isn't it just great to do something it's nothing to do with squash is something you're equally passionate about That's right. and there's literally no wall, crossover right. you know the only crossover is me and Very in few him people, you know yeah, yeah exactly. and and they can say you know and, and, and they and, and, you know say to my guy oh by the way not they're saying okay. what are you doing and I'm going to you is that squash that's again so they sort of that, that okay that's squash I'll leave right. that. I, right. You know, I really love it. I really love that. So what are, what are the names of your bands? One of them is called the Redstone Community Big Band. It's a local band to where I live, and it's a, it is a community band. There are lots of people Coming from out, here. Right, and yeah. the other is a band called the Fabulosos. And I, and I also play with the Dixie Band, a small band, which is sort of a, an offshoot of the original band, Redstone. So, um, wow. And I, yeah. So when you when you travel for Squash, do you try to go to clubs and see shows and stuff? I was... I was um, our, the back guy who runs our the first band, the main band I playing was in New York a couple of weeks ago, and I said to him last week, I can't be there. I mean, oh, he said you've got to go to the the Lady Bird, Lady Land Jazz Club, and mm-hmm. and you got to go on a Monday night. I said, I'm not even there on Monday night. So anyway, so if I had been, and if well, actually, probably, I, I guess I could have gone after the session's finished. But you know, I mean, something like this, it's just so short and so yeah. condensed. There's not. I mean, I haven't even been to shops right. or. What but have you done that before? Have you when you when you're somewhere like in Hong if, Kong or I mean, if, you yeah. Go. But but the trouble is, most of the time I'm doing what I'm doing now. It's such a short thing, and it's so focused on you know the event when you're and working twelve but, hours. Yeah, or exactly. There's yeah. no time. Really. Yeah. I mean, I'd love to, but yeah. I just I've. So that hasn't been a crossover. Yeah. not not <laughs> really. Not as much as I would like, but. Um, but you know, hopefully there will. So, be. do you dream like secretly that you want to be like Miles Davis or something? And and and, uh, and, and I guess it's squash I guess... is getting in the way. <laughs> no, no, no. I guess it's a bit like squash because I know I'm never going to be any good at squash, and I know I'm just going to be okay at, the, yeah. at, at, at at playing trumpet. And I can, I can absolutely admire and be in awe of people who are who are amazingly good. I know, no, I'll never know, be them. You know I, oh, I won't be them because I'm. And again, you know, although I played the trumpet <coughs> when I was at university, uh, school and university, and you know, actively, then for a whole period I didn't touch the thing. I didn't even know where it was, you know, because, 
you're, 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 you're working, you bring up kids, blah, 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 yeah. and, and then it, the time yeah. moves on. So I was very, I was thrilled when I discovered a few years ago, whenever it was, that there was a band that would look, and I thought, hey, I can dust it off and bring it out. And, and now it's, it's become a really big part of my life. Yeah, yeah, that's neat. So you're at a, you're at a pub with Alan after playing squash, and you're like, we should get involved in squash. With Colin, I mean, Colin, Colin McCauley, yeah, yeah, yeah. <coughs> exactly. We, we, we. Um, you know, he he was a, a writer and wanted to wanted to be you know be able to write and about squash. And I was in <coughs> the art. I thought, well, that'd be good to be you know be on squash. It'd be fantastic. Right. And he and I went to the, I think it was the nineteen eighty three British Open in Derby in uh, which which is you know in the Midlands and nowhere really. I mean, it's in in your terms nowhere. <clears throat> I mean, it's not like a Manchester or a Liverpool or a, you know whatever. And the, re- the the event was there for this one year simply yeah. because I think they you know didn't have a sponsor and, and right. whatever, and but as it happened, you know weeks before the event took place, a sponsor was found. It was a company based on the other side of the country, on the south coast of the UK, a company called Davies and Tate's. I mean you know very very small company, very much a local company to the area, and um, but because the event was already going to happen, they they had to sort of run it in in Derby, and anyway while I was there. Um, you I showed met, up as an ordinary. I just bought. We bought tickets. Yeah, we. He and I bought tickets, and it's we like just. Last went time there. you bought a ticket to a <laughs> probably, <laughs> probably. And uh, we went there, and I met <clears> this guy who was the, who who ran a PR agency that was representing the company that he'd brought in as the sponsor, and and we were talking. I I, I mean, it was been amazing that we even got to meet. And he was saying, hey, um, you know, I need somebody to run this particular part of the business because they at that point this agency. Which is a you know a, a, which was a wasn't really involved in sport. It was a, it was involved in other things based in the, in the in the middle of London. They said actually we need somebody who can be in charge of this this client squash. we've only just got not so much squash but you know things that might you know this client and anything else that might happen. Cut a long story short, I then joined them um, and then we had two more years of this of sponsorship by this eight company. Of the British Open, which of course then came back to London, came to London, sorry, wow. to the com- uh, Wembley Conference Centre, and um, <clears throat> then we got Intercity, which is British Rail. I mean, the rail network. We got them involved in squash. They sponsored one of the biggest sponsorships ever in squash in the national championships and other national events in squash. Um, we got when uh, Davis and Tate finished their association with the British Open, we got High Tech in. I, I, I sort of feel personally very um, uh, proud of the fact that I actually you know made the presentation to high tech and uh, who were obviously they're, they're a business who they were a company very much involved in squash right. and All other right, things yeah. anyway they became involved they were sponsoring the British Open for about eight years or ten years or something <clears throat> and um, and we got more involved in other sports there was a guy who was the who was the I became a director of the, the agency and the other main director, apart from the guy who owned it, was a guy called Des Line. I mean, you wouldn't know Des Line, but he was a he was he was um, one of the top. Well, the main, at that time, he was the main TV sports presenter on BBC. He used to host all the sports shows. He used to host the Olympic presentations, you know, every four years or whatever. So he was he was Mr. Sport on TV. And I mean, he wasn't particularly interested in squash, but it was obviously, from my point of view, fantastic to be um, working with an agency and working alongside him. Um, although he's more of a figurehead than really an active person, um, and then while I was there, I got I got more and more involved in sport and squash that the company did. This MD was more and less and less involved, 
and and meanwhile we we had um, we had high uh, sorry no we had sorry we had Dunlop as a client Dunlop's Lazenger the the, the brand mm. and we had Intercity as a as a client I think High Tech by then that's right High Tech by then had moved away but they they were still to continue sponsoring British Open but they weren't our client anymore <coughs> the agency fell out with them. And for, and again, I don't remember the details. But these two these two organisations, big though they were, Dunlop, you know, the biggest sports, well, one of the biggest sports brands, certainly the biggest squash brand at the time, and Intercity both said, look, you know, if you left, we'd come with you. Well, I had never had any sort of hankering to be, you know, have my own setup, and whatever. And I thought, well, and I wasn't particularly enjoying at this point working for this outfit. And I thought, yeah, well, why not? If if I mean, at least if I do, I've got a sort of ex- exactly a sort of foundation. And that's what I did. So in in April '87, I uh, set up my own business oh. with those two clients, and and then we got more and more involved in other sports clients. Um, and then in '96, and I mean obviously I've been involved in squash, but mostly through I've been been involved in 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 events, but mostly through the the spon- the, the organisations I was working for were sponsoring yeah. them. And and obviously knew Andrew Shelley very well and knew Ted Walton very well. I didn't know John Nimick, who then of course was the PSA um, yeah, uh, but he boss. Was based here, yeah. But I mean, but I'm, I, I'm, I had met him, mm. and some and somebody I think it may have been Ted Warburton came up with the, the idea that you know none of the organi- none of those three organisations could individually retain a PR person, but if they did it jointly. They could, and even though at that point they never they hadn't done anything jointly, you know, they're very much three completely separate organisations. I had a meeting with Andrew, Ted Warburton, and a guy called Rolf de Graaf, who, who was the sort of, who, do you know Rolf? No, okay, so he's a Dutch guy who, was, who I think was sort of, uh, John Nimick was based in Boston, so he was very rarely over in the UK, but he was like the sort of, you know, number two, I guess. Anyway, so we had a meeting. And, you know, I, got, I was, got the job as the, as the world media director of the three people in, in October 96. And you know, got more and more involved in squash, and, and less and less involved in other things, and to the point where, obviously, right now, I'm exclusively only involved with WSF, and apart from my link, with, well, I'm, I'm very glad to have a link with ASB, but really, you know, and I'm sort of winding, slowing, <coughs> slowing down a bit, and um, and so you know, for the for the last, mm, I don't know, maybe four or five, six years, I've been literally only involved with squash, right. and I'm, you know, that's fine. I'm very happy about that. So, what was the, you know. In 83, 84, I mean, there, it seems like there was great excitement about the game. I mean, all this stuff's happening, right? Mm-hmm. So you get in there, like, what, what was that like pitching people? Like, you know, what, what, what was happening, you know, for well, one of the, one of the Well, one of the great, one of the fantastic, I mean, when you look at it now, one of the amazing things that happened is you, if you had an event, you had a press office, you had, had to bring in loads of phone lines and this, that, and the other, because you had loads of people who were in the press room. You had a, the rep, the guy from the Times, the guy from the Telegraph, the guy from the two agent, two sports agencies, separate sports agents, both sent. And, and you had about, you know, 15, 12, 12, 15, 20 people in the press office that you had to deal with them, wanted to interview players after matches. When you look at it now, you think, oh, my God, this is such a different world, you know. And, um, <coughs> yeah, well, okay, what other things? I mean, the, you know, those are the things I, those are the things. And I, I, actually, another very profound memory I have, and this was when I was in Derby. This was before I was involved at all. And this was obviously when I was involved very much in the music industry where, you know, everything happened at that level, you know. Chauffeur-driven cars, you know the the you know top expense accounts, all that thing. And I remember, I remember, the, I think the final had finished or something, and I was sort of sitting in some back room somewhere, 
um, or, or, you know, in, or in the top of the stair. I mean, just in nowhere. So, and, and I found myself sitting next to Vicky Cardwell, who who had who had won the title she and won the and won the tournament and was and was um, was big. And she, I mean, in my view at that point, my God, she was a star because she just won the British Open. You know, she was not just somebody that I should be sitting. And, as, and then I remember somebody came and said, "Oh, Vicky," and this guy came along. He said, um, "Here are the rackets." And this guy, whoever he was, just had dumped a, a bag of rackets by her because, you know, that, and then buggered off. And I thought, well, hang on, you can't do that with Vicky, can't she? Like, you know, I mean, if somebody had done that with, if, if Patty Smith or if, if Barry Manilow had been there, they would have said, to, you know, to, to his agent and the, lack, and the second, you know, excuse me, could I, uh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, deliver them to so-and-so. And somebody just throws this bag of rackets at Vicky and expects her to pick them up and take them back to the hotel. I mean, I was... But of course, you know, I mean, that's what squash is all about. And, and I have to say, you know, perhaps it's not changed anything. Well, no, it hasn't. It, I mean, that part of it is the beauty of the game, that it is so small that we all end up doing that. Mm -hmm. But it's also sad that okay. it is so small. And, and, and you know, I, when I was at the British Open, I mean, the press, the media room was, was tiny, and it wasn't, you know, it was smaller. And, it, mm -hmm. you know, that, that you sort of, you wonder if we've kind of, backed away from that level 30 you know 30 odd years ago well i think i think we well we certainly have backed away in terms of the numbers of people that we can genuinely interest in 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 uh, attending events but but on the <coughs> other hand you have to recognize that you know a similar all sports and all events are affected similarly because people now don't need to be there. They can watch the stream or they watch the yeah, leave TV right. coverage or they can, you know, phone in or something. <coughs> and therefore, and because you know budgets are low, they they save the hotel bill, yeah, they right. save the trade, right. so right. they just cover it from home. Yeah. Um, and of course, you know, I mean, <laughs> I now think of the fact right now. I I think I may have mentioned. I tweeted a couple of days ago. Said, "Hey, looking forward to going to TSC," and people saying. I can't believe you've never been there before. Well, the fact is, that's what the squash has been like for the last 20 years for me. I've been involved in loads of events, hardly been to any, because that's what squash expects. They expect you to, you know, all events to be covered from from back where you're based, and right. you you get a fax with the results, or you get a you get a an email, an email with the results, and and you, and, you, and turn you, it around. you make something out of it. But yeah. to be actually yeah. there is yeah. so you know it. But I mean, but it's just interesting that people, people that the, the the reaction is, oh my God, they I can't believe. On site but but you, but but uh, but that's that the that's always the reality. So it's no it's no real surprise <coughs> for people who know. But yeah. obviously, if you don't know, you think, yeah. wow, that's unusual. Yeah. Um, so you and I talked uh, a year or two ago about the uh, ambassador tours, going out there with with Andrew, and so tell me a couple of the the stories about being out on those tours. You've done you know fifteen or something of them, so. Well, I've done all but one. I think there's one in um, Jordan I couldn't do for some reason. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think the. I mean, I think that's a. It's a. That they are all fantastic initiatives, because every without question, and of course, I mean, the truth is now they tend to become almost the same year after year, but in a different country. You know, the right. same sort of. You go there, everybody is thrilled to see you. Doors are open that n people have never been able to open before because you get to meet the sports minister, or you get to, to get TV crews there, you get to see people that that, that, that squash has never been attracted to, they've never been able to attract for, because Nicol David is there, because Mohammed Al Shabagi is there, or because somebody's there that is you know somebody <coughs> that media can't ignore or, or or other people can't ignore. 
and um, you know it's a, it's I mean it's, it's whistle stop in the sense you're only there for a two days maybe three days maybe one day so you know you sort of and you're doing everything you possibly can meet having sessions with the kids having sessions with the media having sessions with you know, uh, yes, with, sure, um, yeah. with 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 uh, you know movers and shakers in the country, whether it's sports ministers or people with money or you know presidents of so and so, um, and it's it's and of course you know again I'm, I had this conversation with somebody at the dinner table last night. When you think of what what it would mean for squash to be in the Olympics, I mean you know we, we there are lots of reasons why it would be good, but the most significant reason is that it would mean that countries all around the world would have the chance of, of getting, of squash, squash um, organisations around the world would have to get, get the chance of getting funding from their governments because we're an Olympic sport. Because as you, you, you know, over, every time you go to these, go to countries around the world, you hear the same thing over and over again. All Olympic sports gets funding, funding, non-Olympic sports get no funding. So it's just black and white, it's one or the other. And so, you know, obviously we, non-Olympic sport, no funding. Yeah. And, and, you know, the, 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 they would, it, it would make a massive difference. I mean, we can move on from there, obviously, but that would be the most significant thing. If nothing else changed, that would be fantastic. Yeah, because grassroots around the world. Exactly, and, yeah. and the sport would, would, would have a significance in each country, yeah. which ultimately could be developed into medals. That would be the aim, of course. That would be the justification right. of the funding. But, but at least it would be... It would be Taken seriously, as it were, and yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, and that, and so you know, obviously that's why. Uh, I mean, somebody said last night, "Well, what's the reason we're not?" Well, we, if only we knew what the reason is that we're not, because that's the one thing we don't know. But you know, we're doing everything we can. But as yeah. Nick Matthew said yesterday, he doesn't know what more we can do. I don't know what more we can do, yeah. but the fact is that we're, you know, we're... Well, you, you've been sort of um, intimately involved with those campaigns. Um, 2005, 2012, what you know? Yeah, well, every four years. Every four years, yeah. yeah. You, you've 2009. You've, you've. Uh, um, I mean, obviously, 2005 <coughs> was 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 um, very memorable because again, I wasn't there. I wasn't in Singapore, but and I was in I was in my office in London, maybe whatever it was. Um, and of course, we knew that they were going to have a vote. There were six sports, and then we knew they were going to have a vote for 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 the six. And then at some point we knew I could hear or I, for some. Were you I were you it. on the phone or? I, I forget. I forget that. Maybe I was on the phone or maybe I heard, heard it. On you got an email? Some, I don't, something. Or was it on TV? No, no, no. It was. A, I think it's sort of pre-email. No, it wasn't pre-email. Anyway, so I then I then heard that we were we, we, we were the number one sport, and there were two spaces, and the theory was the top two. You know, and I then got a call from from um, Reuters in. I forget actually where the I think the call from for Reuters in London, in fact, who said. Can you give me a quote on squash getting into the Olympics? I said, "Hold, oh, yeah, I don't think I can yet because I, you know, I know we, we I know what you know that we're, we're at the top, um, but and but I haven't yet heard that that, that we're in, so I, I think I you know call me back you know half an hour whatever it is, and then of course we knew what it is. so so. Well, there was we a so gap close. of like uh, six or seven hours, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I, and then there was because they <coughs> had a vote against you know could could all of, could any of the sports get a sixty six percent majority. For, and it just didn't happen. But I mean, the point was, I was on the verge of giving the quote of how fantastic it was. We were in the Olympic Games, blah 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 blah, and we weren't. Did you think we were in? Like in those six hours, did you think this probably? Is like well, I, I probably did. Yeah, probably did. And so somebody said, somebody said last night. Well, in fact, um, Hugh Robertson, who was the, who was there last night, who was a 
Um, I don't know what role he was there. Well, he, but he, he said, but he said he was involved with the London Olympics and everything. Yes, absolutely, yeah. over the British uh, Olympic Association. Yeah. And he said, um, he said, why didn't you know? Why didn't London have the opportunity to? Um, or we were talking like about the the, Tokyo, a, test, a, yeah. a test event. I said because <coughs> that was that was a it was after sports could uh, host could have a, a demonstration sport, and it was before twenty twenty Tokyo were allowed to suggest what sports they could have. So that was in a sort of period where it was it was yeah. the sports the IOC chose, and that was it. You got what you, what you have, and and had obviously London had the opportunity to have an influence. You know, you wouldn't like to have thought that squash would have been had a very good chance right. based on the sort of medals. Well, we, we, we were talking about putting the court in front of Buckingham Palace yeah, exactly. or something, right? Exactly, it would have looked yeah. great. Yeah. yeah, and then two thousand nine. What do you remember from that? Was two thousand five the first one you were involved with? Yes, two thousand five for two thousand twelve yeah. was the first so one. The, uh, I, don't, the, I don't think we had the previous ones. We didn't have a uh, uh, an organized campaign campaign where where organized enough that Howard Harding was involved doing well, PR. I, mean, I think I think the thing is the previous one would have been Sydney, wouldn't it? Wouldn't wasn't the previous one Sydney? Well, Which, I mean, uh, but, it, but there wasn't there wasn't a W. I mean, as far there wasn't as a WSF. There wasn't involvement. a WSF involvement in <coughs> in. Although I don't think there was a, a, a an official procedure for mm. new sports to be. Yeah, considered right. I, I think two thousand five, from my, from memory, was the first. Yeah. Um, so what about two thousand nine? To be honest, I can't remember specifically about two thousand nine, except that except that again, you know, all the time we always think we have a hope, we have a chance. You know, we're almost there. Mm. And then, of course, I think that two thousand nine was was um, rugby and, and golf, wasn't it? Yeah. And um, and in fact, yes, that's right. Because I remember hearing on the radio in the UK. That rugby and golf were both in. This was before it was official, and I was thinking, no, that can't be. They wouldn't have both of them in. They wouldn't have both of those sports. You know, you could see, you could imagine. I can't remember quite why I'm thinking like this, but at the time it was. A, yeah, maybe one of them, and then something that isn't so, if you like, m mainstream. Um, mm. And then, sure enough, it, because I think I think the guy, the, the the correspondent from BBC Radio Five, was actually in wherever it was. I can't remember two thousand nine where it was. And and he got wind of the fact that that was going to be the decision, and I just heard, no, oh, no, they've got that wrong. That can't be true. And then of course, you know, it was right. It was. And then 2013. Well, 2013. You weren't just, there. In, in I wasn't. I wasn't in, at any any of these yeah. things. I mean, 2013 was just was just sickening because of course, you know, there was definitely a space for a new sport, and they said after 2012 they would take a sport out and another sport would go in that place. And of course, you ever say, "Oh, what's it going to be? A modern pentathlon, badminton?" And you know, my God, what is it going to be? So, wrestling. You thought, oh, what? The? And of course, then the whole world jumped up and did from Putin downwards. And and you think, it just doesn't make any sense. You know why? Yeah. Anyway, so of course, and then you know, meanwhile we're ploughing money into this campaign to be this one sport. No and hope. then, yeah. and then wrestling get in, and yeah. and all the money. I mean, you know, we did, and so did others. Yeah, just outrageous um, a, a scenario where we were put into the position of making a, a proposal which never had a chance of of success. And I, you know, I remember, I remember. I think I heard. Actually, I think it was. I listened to streaming of some some English, some British journalist saying to Jacques Rogger or asking a question in the press conference. You know, I thought you wanted a new sport, and you. I haven't got a new sport. You've got an old sport, you know, and Roger sort of, you know, got Tangent around it hard, some, yeah. some somehow, and then of course he he moved on. And 
and of course then you know okay then the, the new regime says there's there's still a chance you know we'll let Tokyo and so then we started pushing on that and, and then we you know, at all points ever we thought yeah we really we really have a chance we really have a chance and no not again I mean it was really quite sickening and it, yeah obviously then every, then people started criticizing the bid and you know WSF weren't didn't do this right and and blah mm. blah blah <clears throat> You know, we we what more could we have done to we you know we had a fantastic uh, video presentation we had you know all the and with with um, with uh, Mike Lovely. Lee behind yeah. us um, you know with with expertise which we'd never had before so the whole thing was much much the, the whole presentation and the level of of uh, presentation was at a was much much higher yeah. than for the yeah. before um, and you know all the elements that in theory were what the IOC wanted were there were in yeah. place. And yet, no. Yeah. So, you know, in the end, you have to say, which is why you, you people say, why did you not get in? No, nobody knows. Yeah. Nobody has said, by the way, the reason you didn't get in was A, B, C. And, if, and in a sense, if somebody could sell this, maybe, hey, let's go fix those things. We'll, we'll sort them out and we'll come back, you know. Yeah. So, so it's, um, it's, a it's particularly galling. Yeah. Uh, but we have had some, you know, successes over the years. <clears throat> um, you, uh, you know, you, you've been involved in some projects and so, uh, tell me about a couple, you know, stories from the PR front where you've, you've, uh, you know, something, you, you know, some story that says, you know, I, I, I nailed that, that I got the client, I got the, I got the story out. I, you know, I don't know what, you know, what is something back in the eighties, you know, what was your first big hit? Besides not getting yeah. shot I, I by mean, Lou I, I Reed, think, I think one of the most one of the most unbelievable um, stories, and I, I honestly can't remember how much I was involved in it personally. But well, I, I guess yes, I was involved in it personally because I actually put the story out. But when Peter Nickel, whenever it was, two thousand and one, was it something switched, switched from Scotland to, <coughs> to England, um, that was such a massive story. Um, Far beyond squash. I mean, it, which which ultimately which 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 and, and the significance of it. I mean, and the 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 um, the proof of its uh, of its size as story was the fact it was front page news on the Times, front page with a picture of Peter Nichol. Wow, this is unbelievable. And 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 you know the fact that this guy had marched from one side of Hadrian's Wall to the other, and and he'd completely um, alienated all his his. Home people, home supporters, and and everybody is very mystified. How could it possibly be? How could you do something like that? You know, um, but in the end, it was actually very. It was it was incredible how what a short time it took for for the Scots to say, yeah, good on you. Yeah, you made the right decision because you know that you can be better if you're part of the in, part you move to England because you can get all this benefit. Well, the, well, the and and, um, and 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 therefore, you know, he he he. He uh, he had no fears of returning to Scotland and being, being and disappearing overnight, if you like. But it, but I mean that was certainly a. a so a, did you craft that with him? Like how 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 do you remember that happening? I don't. I don't was it a couple of days before it came out, or you had weeks to prepare? I, I think I think I mean I seem to remember we 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 had weeks to prepare. We went up a, a period to prepare it, and and then we did, and we 
sent the story out under, under embargo. And then there was a set situation, and there was a sense in which the Times seemed to be taking it quite seriously. And and then, of course, you know, until you see the paper the next day, you have no idea what, what they're going to And gonna, then yeah. front page, I mean, it's unbelievable. But um, so you sent it out under embargo. I pr- I mean I have to say I can't remember. I can't remember. I'm pretty certain that's what I would have done. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, in, in the days when <coughs> things like embargos meant happened. Well, that's why that's why it's a funny thing because you know today it's twenty four seven. So exactly. So you, and, and you would you never re- hold a story for, I mean, uh, national security maybe, but not. Well, I mean, not, not, today, not, not about players switching. It would have been announced on Twitter. I mean, that's how yeah, it would have been. No, it wouldn't have been. You know, right? Probably wouldn't even have press release written. I mean, God knows. I don't know. That's right. No, I mean, the technology, I mean, back in, in the 80s, you know, uh, there was some radio, uh, television, but it was mostly print, right? Mostly newspapers. And yeah, 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 absolutely. And, and that's, I mean, you know, that, that's the thing that uh, is one of the things I'm most sad about the world today is that, okay, we all know that there are lots of other, there's a lots of other media opportunities other than the traditional newspapers, mm. but the traditional newspapers still exist. That's right. And I mean, I have no idea how, how, what the parallel is over here, but incredibly, in the UK, we have lots and lots of national daily newspapers. Hard copy it's, newspapers. It's, exactly. Yeah. And, and okay, you know, 10, 20 years ago, when it was, oh, it's the death of newspapers, nobody's going to buy newspapers anymore. Well, yeah, they don't buy them in the numbers they did anymore, but they still buy them and they yeah. still produce them, they still sell them and they still display them in newspaper yeah. stands around yeah. the country. Yeah. And yet... I think it's very, very sad that, that you very, very rarely see anything about squash in those papers. Mm. Now, yes, it's more difficult because, yes, all those all newspapers football, yeah. are football, 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 and a bit of rugby, a bit of cricket, a bit of the... And, and you know, some other very big sports who get very little attention as well. But does squash ever try and get anything in the, in the national papers? Right. And I, my fear is that, no, they don't. Yeah. And therefore, of course, we're not going to get it in the, in the newspapers because they don't even get it to use. I'm I'm convinced that there is still and and you know even if you even and uh, again I'm thinking straight back to in 1996 when I was appointed in my role and was this was at the WSF uh, AGM in Malaysia and Tunku Imran the, who was then the president and who who sort of uh, you know when it was announced blah 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 who sort of said and we didn't know each other really at that time he sort of said you know if there's one thing that Howard can achieve and you know and I'll see it as I go around the world we can get box results in in newspapers around the world then it will have been worthwhile. And I utterly, utterly agree with that. I mean, you know, that's the point. We're not, we're not looking for loads Front of space. Page, we're not yeah. looking for huge stories, <clears throat> but we just want regular indication that this sport we're involved Exists. with is doing things yeah. in around the world. You know, USA, yeah. Australia, Canada, blah, blah, blah. Round one, J. Smith yeah. beats B. Brown. That's, that's the start. That's the, that's the indication to people who are casually looking through their papers and sports editors who are... Who are putting those papers together? That this is a sport that happens around the world, day after day after day, you know, in different guises, yeah, wherever. That's right. And 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 I have to say, you know, twenty years on, I, I really that I still feel is the basis of what we should be doing is just making sure that the stuff going out all the time to show that this sport is alive and well. Yeah. And right. and you know, if it doesn't, then people can say, does squash still happen? I mean, does you know, because because uh, you know, and and I remember. I'm just randomly thinking things. I remember meeting PSA four, five, six years ago, long before Nathan and all that, and and and, and Lee Beachill saying to me that um, that he'd had it because the office is based in Leeds, and P- Press Association, the main 
I don't, is AP the equivalent yeah. of, in, oh, yeah. in, in UK, uh, are also based very close by. And they'd obviously had a meeting there. And he said to me, they say they get too much information from you. Lee, I honestly don't believe that anybody can say they get too much because as a, an, an, as a press news agency, they get stuff every second of the day. Not just from they, Squash. No, absolutely. Yeah. And they know what to They just deal with it. Yeah. But, you know, I really don't believe they get too much. But that was the, 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 the emphasis. And so, you know, and I think in a sense that's a sort of beginning of the decline, as far as I'm concerned, of, of, um, of the principle that I've had that, you know, we should be pushing out as much stuff as we can all the time because, yeah. you know, because we, you know, even if only one in 10 or one in 20 or one in 100 gets yeah. used, at yeah. least we're, we're, we're getting the opportunity. Right. Yeah. right. So was, uh, I mean, the Vicky Bot, right? Like what was the biggest, was the Peter Nickel the biggest story you ever handled or? I guess, I guess Vicky Bot tried actually. I mean, that's a very good point. That was the most unbelievable story. Absolutely incredible, because it. And, and I have to say, I don't. I certainly don't claim credit for that because well, it, it, was, it was Steve. It was, right? it was no, it was Andrew. Oh, Andrew. Andrew. Yeah. Andrew was utterly behind that, and um, I mean, and it was only much later that it became clear that he was, um, because because I have to say, it, naturally, I'm not a sort of instinctive. I'm not sort of a you know. Here, here, here's her way to create a story. Yeah, I'm, I'm, that's not me. I'm, I'm much more sort of, you know, dyed-in-the-wool, traditional, blah, blah, blah. So that wasn't my style at all. And But, you know, we went with it and we, we did but it. Did, so Andrew didn't call you and say, hey, here's what we're doing. Yeah, yeah no, he did. He did. But, I mean, that wasn't to say that the, the public knew that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we knew that was what was happening. <clears throat> um, but I had absolutely no idea that it would be as big as it was. And I, and, I, and I mean, the, the, for me, again, the, the, the significance of that was, because this was in the middle of the week, it was a Wednesday or a Tuesday or something like that, nothing, no big. The following Sunday, Sunday Times, the biggest uh, broadsheet of them all, on the, somewhere in the paper, they had the three pictures of the week. And one of them was Clinton or, I mean, whoever it was at the time. One of them was Sophie Loren or some, some big film star, you know, some mega star, you know, mega politician, mega star. And Vicky Bordrine. It's unbelievable, absolutely unbelievable, and yet it just sort of. So how did it all start in terms of sending it out? Like, did 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 you you crafted the story and, and Steve took the photos and 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 you just sent it out to the regular people? Or I mean, when did it get big? I I really don't remember. Because really at some remember. point it went from here's a little story I've sent out to. You were getting yeah, yeah, I mean, bombarded the, all around the world, right? Absolutely, absolutely. People calling and, and, you. and all the time, you know, I have to put the, the call. I have to the photographer Steve Lyon, He's the guy with the pictures. You know, he's the guy who's uh, who's who's got the the, the gold that you want. Um, I, I mean, I just it just had a, 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 a I mean, that, that's I, all I remember is just had a momentum of its own that was uncontrollable. You know, and it. it, it I, I mean, I, I literally cannot remember because this this was the days of. A, a sort of posting things out and everything. I mean, it wasn't email, it, as far as I remember. It was, you know, so I don't... Re I mean, I remember, I remember the, the pictures were taken by Steve and then I remember him... him I, forget, no, what, I forget the detail, but I remember him having to sort of messenger the, the film over to some agency in Birmingham, because this is where we were, who could then wire the pictures down to somewhere in London, who, whoever it was that was going to uh, use, them. Uh, use the story first or whatever. I I, I just don't remember the details. So there was you didn't you didn't give it to one journalist. I can't. I just can't I'm sorry. I can't remember. I can't. I don't think so. I don't think so. 
So it, what the Daily whatever didn't have first dibs, Daily Telegraph or the you know, and then and then it went out the next day or yeah. You know, I, I really can't. There wasn't an exclusive. I'm sorry, I can't remember. It's just it's so long. But that ago. was that the biggest story you've worked on. I, I guess I guess in terms, in terms of, scale? of the in terms of the scale and in terms <clears> of the fact that it just was way above you know your back page stuff, which which, which obviously most of the stuff. I mean, well, there have been yeah. some big stories that, that that and I remember one of the most the biggest and the most distasteful was some huge piece in the in the Times. Um, at least ten years ago, I can remember in which in which this journalist um, uh, Matthew Syed, mm. Matthew Syed, yep. do you know the name? Yep. Oh, is a, a former tennis player and, and and certainly now one of the top ta- top Times writers. I mean, he writes in not just sport but all sorts of um, all sorts of other parts of the paper. And he, I mean, he later told us that he was he was told that this is the story the sports editor or somebody wanted basically that squash is dead you know squash is uh, squash has a, a no ch- I mean this is long before Olympic bids and all that something but that squash you know it's dying few numbers people, are it, down yeah, exactly, ports are closing yeah, exactly and it's you know death knell and it was a massive huge story it was devastating well obviously nobody had any idea that it was going and, and we were contacting you know how dare you and writing letters to the paper and, and, and but you know it was just one of those things it was, that was it and there was no, no stopping it of course, later Matthew Side became a a, a, a a great supporter of the paper, and you know he he did lots of coverage on Peter Nickel and and um, and uh, Nick Matthew. I remember he did a big story with. Um, but it was just, I mean, you know, if I think of the sort of the, the that was the, the worst. The most, yeah, that was definitely <coughs> the worst. I mean, maybe Vicky Bottrop was the best. That was the worst, definitely, definitely, yeah, horrendous. But um, so. Uh, Let's talk about Squash Info. How did that uh, get started? Well, I mean, the, I've, al- the I've always been that? I've always been um, a firm believer in in stats. I mean, you know, and, and 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 now it seems that that's obvious. Whereas I think actually in '96, it, it, it didn't seem to it certainly wasn't obvious. There was absolutely no there are no stats in squash at all. So we, so we, we I, well in the '80s when you were doing PR for the game. How would you, you'd be like so and so has won three tournaments. I mean, how, well, how, I mean, no, how did you know? In the eighties, when I was doing PR, it was much more. It was much more, much broader. I mean, I was just doing it for for sponsors or yeah. whatever. I, but I when when really, you go to them, you, you, didn't you start noticing that nobody really knew, think, nobody knew what had happened last month I or last year? I don't year. think I did because I probably just used the information that I'd sort of built up myself and notes that I'd left over. So I don't remember finding. It. All I do remember is in ninety six when I got involved with PSA. I said, I said to PSA, look, you, I need to just have everything you can give me. Ranking list going right back, all the results you can give me that you've ever had, you know, because I need to now build up a sort of a, a reservoir of information. And, you know, you give it to me, I'll do it. Don't, don't worry about, you know. I'll you deal with give it. Me, you give me everything you can and I'll work on it. And what happened? And, did and, did and they and give so, you stuff? And so therefore, you know, and I was sort of putting together. You know, did they give you like printouts of Yeah, things? obviously printout. Yeah, just pieces of paper. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, nothing else they could have given me. And I remember, uh, and of course, I remember. I, I mean, this John was uh, was in charge, and I, I, and there were there were things I you know, need to know. Okay, how many titles have people won, and blah blah blah. And I was thinking, hang on, Janja Khan, right? Because he was he was playing, but but very much towards the end of this, end of this time. And I thought, hey, yeah, let's get an idea of all the all the things he's won. Oh God, he's won this. Uh, Fourteen, four, no, ninety nine titles. Hey, hang on. So I was going through everything with a fine tooth comb, trying to work how many titles he won because I thought this was interesting. And 
asking um, PSA, who, who you know, I was just a nuisance really to them to say, you know, could you, what's the, what's the point? Anyway, so they, they would sort of maybe find out some information if I really pushed them hard. Because I just thought, well, you know, we need to know this, you know, we really need to know it. And in the end, it would became, I mean, I just think of this Janji one because it was just so significant. That, That's right. You know, he really actually only, oh, well, he, he really did win 99 titles. Not, and not, not, not 100. Not 101 or 98, 99. And, you know, if there was a, t a question mark about something, did he win this or didn't he? Oh, yes, he did win it, but it wasn't a tour event because, you know, it's on, oh, okay, fine. So... And then, and then, uh, you know. So, were you? Did you have a spreadsheet? Like, what were you developing? No, I know I did. Was it, I did. Was it all uh, a notebook that you no, had? No, no, no. I think I did actually put it in a com in a very, very old Amstrad computer that was um, that was uh, it was a database link with with the soft with the. I mean, I, I'm sure you don't. Uh, does Amstrad mean to you over here? Okay. Well, Amstrad was just like the cheapest computer you could get, and and and, and it was the f it was the first sort of um, first um, a, a computer that. Every, a lot of people had. I mean, in in the UK, and this was God. When are we talking about sort of late eighties, I guess. Um, and so I, I was putting, I was inputting all this stuff in here, and then of course I realised that okay, I also need the WSF information, and of course I, you know, women's as well. And I was just thinking, well, you well, you were working for Whisper as well. Right? I was, oh, I was working at War Three. So what, what was the state of Whisper's records? And well, because Andrew was there. And he spent a lot of time looking, but it was all still on paper. Yeah, it was sure. all still on paper. But, but, but he had a big box. He had a big box, and he'd sorted stuff out, and he'd gone through um, yeah. the ranking list, and, and, and he'd gone through whatever he could find. And, he, and in fact, there were some times when he couldn't find stuff because it just didn't exist, or it had been lost, or whoever did it had gone and taken it with him. Um, and so I thought, you know, I, this, the, I, we need to, I want to be able to just find, get access to this information more speedily and more comprehensively. And my son, my youngest son, who who's now a doctor, now uh, living and unfortunately working in Australia, um, who's now thirty. So he was probably, you know, he was a well, teenager. Was Twenty at school. years ago. Yeah. He, well, he was a, he was at school. Yeah. He was a teenager and, and a, de very into IT. He said, "Well, I'll maybe I can uh, maybe I can sort of come up with something for you." And he designed Squash Info, and um, you know, and he's still in a sense designing it and tweaking it and doing those sort of things. And so suddenly, all this information that I had in one form or another could be put into the site, and then could be modified within the site. And then, ever since then, I've been sort of trying to, you know, where where time allows, put other stuff where there's gaps in there, so that we can come up with a you know the comprehensive database of everybody that plays, everybody's in international squash really, or or, or significant squash around the world. Um, so that you know, records are available, and, and and mainly it's because that's what I want. That's I want to be able to find that. And okay, if other people are interested, that's fantastic. But it's mainly for me because of what I want to do. You know, whether it's for PSA, whether it's for WSF or or, or whatever, because I just want to be able to find that. And and I'm it, I'm incredibly proud of the fact that this exists, particularly as you know, my feeling is that. If other people have got similar things, they're just so difficult and so unuser-friendly to access. You know, I mean, obviously, all the time I've been involved PSA, they've had different systems, and every time they have a new system, you think, "Well, this is going to be." You think, I, I, I don't find it very easy to go around this. WSF have this. PSA Whisper used to have this, and they moved to another, and then of course they merged with PSA. Um, and all this time, I've been continuing to 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 develop and input stuff, um, to the point where you know I, I'm 
reasonably confident that, not, that my information is altogether more comprehensive than actually anybody else's information. And it's only because I think I've I've um, diligently you know put stuff in there. Well, and, you keep uh, it to, up to, to date. Find, uh, to, so find it. when there's a new tournament that's completed, is there a way that you just like click and it just gets sucked in and all the information flows to every person in there and you know because or, or 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 do you have to manually? Let me just explain. Let me just tell you the worst of all: British Junior Open. Eight events, you know, under 13s, under 15s, yeah. under 13. This year, I guess this year because probably this time last year I was more involved with PSA or something, but this year I had maybe a bit more time. I thought, look, I'm really going to make sure every single result of all those eight events is in the system. It is a nightmare because, you know, you're talking about, particularly, I mean, it's bad enough the under 19s where most of the players I probably know, you know, they're in the system somewhere. But of course, first of all, they're not going to be in the name that the England squash have decided this Egyptian is going to be called because actually, no, it's not him. It's it's you know you've got two R's in his name or two whatever. But come to under thirteens where almost everybody is completely new because they've never done anything before, so they're starting out in the world of squash. It's absolutely, and it takes hours and hours and hours. And you know, I'm constantly saying, I mean, the the, the there was a there were one of the players, in in fact, one of the players in the boys under 19 the name that they had for five to eight seed or something was somebody I'd never heard of and therefore and he was a seed so I mean say I'd never heard of squash info never heard of I thought well they can't they can't it can't be somebody that's that and yet of course in the end it turned out to be him and not that's you know that's nobody and yet you think but that that's not a sort of like it, it you've got to spend time working out well could it right. be him and go and then you check his date of birth. Ah, oh, no, it must be him. And, you know, I would love there to be an instant way of doing it. But I think even if there was, I wouldn't trust it. Yeah. I actually wouldn't believe it because yeah. it may just give me... And, you know, sometimes I find, oh, my God, I've got two players. He's done this. He's done that. And actually, they're the same person, for Christ's sake. So I then have to, you know, Adjust merge their way. stuff. Yeah, I mean... It, Noah Brown is that is that somebody in, in Noah Brown B R O W N E mm. was somebody that I think he's I think he's based in the U S but I think he has he he was Bermuda or something I came across these two but Noah Brown and one was from Bermuda one was from the States oh, what's the, oh no 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 actually it was Noah some Noah Brown and Noah somebody else and they had the same date of birth and one was in Bermuda I thought anyway I eventually got hold of this guy he said oh sorry yeah I changed my name and. I mean, you know, obviously women change their name because they get married and they're in the uh, Masters events and then they think, oh, I wonder if Leslie Sonto could now be... Le anyway, this guy changed his name. I thought, okay, fine. <laughs> but, it's, but it is, you know, it is. And, and, and it sort of, in a sense, breaks my heart that I do this all um, and not make a million dollars for it because it would be nice if it was, yeah, that's my pension and that's my... But I'm doing it all because I think it needs to be done and, you know, it, we need to be on top of these things. We can't just be sort of casual about it. It's got to be absolutely specific. That's right. And, um, That's right. you know, if nobody else is going to spend some time, okay, I'll spend time on it, you know, and I'll, I'll, I'll deal with it. And, and then I'll say to England Squash or PSA or something, look, you sure, I think this guy is this guy, actually. Mm. It's not that guy. And, it, you know, or it's somebody you had, you know, he was in PSA three years ago, and it's the same guy, but you think he's a different guy. And they'd say, oh, yeah, thank you. 
But I mean, you know, but and they, with all their ten people who probably input results all the time, probably, um, they just they don't care. And yeah. and I mean, and I do care. You know, well, and I, it's a pity they don't care. The but, yeah, exactly. I mean, this is this is you know, you have, you know, all this data. Mm. I mean, there's one. There's one of the one of the. I've, I've sent. By the way, if you don't, you probably haven't seen your emails, but I send you some stuff I produced overnight on the. Well, heads heads of the women's because we didn't know who the draws. Yeah. But there's one, there's one, um, one of the matches. I can't remember who it is now. The the head to head is three nil to the one of the mm. players, one of the girls. And if you look at the the scores, they're all British Junior Open results. So PSA would say they've never met never before. Never played before. The, these is you know one is the British Junior Open under fifteen semis, the British under uh, and the British under thirteen quarterfinals. I mean, I think I, I mean I'm impressed with that. I think hey, that's great. They yeah. did, and and yet. Those, that's a, that's a really important stat. I yeah. think you can't you can't dismiss it simply. It's so memorable for the two players. Exactly, they remember yeah. it. Well. Oh, absolutely, and it affects their. Yeah. And I mean, to be fair, there may be more. You know, maybe in the Egyptian, in the, you know, there's some Timpot Junior because I, you know, I can't unfortunately do everything. Do everything. But I think yeah. I try and do the the important ones. Yeah. And and, you know, I, mean, I was the um, PSA said yesterday. Put put out something yesterday, the day before. I think you know. We congratulate Greg Goltier on his 500th match. Well, I looked at him. I think no, it's his 506th match. Or, and so I said to I said to Nathan, look, I'm sorry, but I actually think he's, you know, oh really? And I, I, so we so went through all my results and 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 his results and 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 I recognise the fact that actually one of the I'm, I'm actually you know missing some events that they've got, and I'm thinking I don't know how I'm doing that because. But I, when I looked at my 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 source, I realised I've only got results from quarterfinals onwards for this particular event in two thousand, and they probably have the first round result that I don't. So okay, so that hand on heart, I'll go and sort yeah. that out. But there are some other results they don't have that I do have, obviously because I've got more than they have. And I said, I bet it's these events in two thousand where I've got qualifying results, and you probably don't bother with qualifying. And so so Nathan said, yeah, maybe. And I so I sent him a list of all the things. Thinking, well, you know, let me know if you agree with me. And of course, he hasn't, because he probably doesn't want to sort of really yeah. admit that somebody outside source is helping him. You know, but I, you know, I just, I just think these things are. Well, I think they're important, and, and um, you know, long may the opportunity continue to be able to make sure that this is mm. this resource is. Uh, you know, I would love to. I would love to. I mean. At, the WSF, through Andrew, recognised the fact that squash info is something that should be part preserved. of the sport. It should yeah. be preserved. And, and the WSF would like to own it. Yes. But the WSF yes. aren't in a position to, to buy it from me. Right. And I'm not in a position to give it to them either, obviously. So, um, so um, you know, I'm happy to consider something in the near future or the future, whatever, if it happens. But I'm certainly not handing over anything to anybody, you know. And... and you know, PSA the same. They wanted all when they merged with WSA, They wanted all old women's results. I said, well, you know, I can I, I, I can do them at a fee, but I'm right. not going to just hand them over to you. I'm like, right. I mean, I spent you know toiled on this for for many many years, yeah. and and it wasn't part of my role with you to do that. It was part of my role to be able to do the job for you to do it and to invest my time in that. Right. And um, so we we. Beg to differ, and and they they went alone, and so that so that means they actually don't really have very much information on well, them, which is it's wrong. Yeah. yeah. Mm. But it's but it but I you know I think it's um, 
and I'm, 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 you know, I'm very, very open and very keen to have all the criticism and objective, yeah. you know, points that other people have to say about Scorsese because I think it personally works. For, I mean, okay, it may not be very pretty, it may not be very whizzy, it may not be very, you know, the most dynamic sight. Then, but it's not that. But that's not. I mean, that's why I, I, I don't actually put much news on it because it's not about news yeah. it's about yeah, information yeah and that's what it's all about that's what it's usp is and that's what it'll hopefully always be the most significant resource for um you know the fact that rami Ashur withdraws from the who yeah cares? i don't right, care about right. that i mean I'll, I'll care about it because i'll if log he, it if he as, a, play. Right. as an in information so i can look back and say he should have played that he didn't yes but i don't care as a as a story right right but, um, but so so you know I mean and all the anybody who has any views about it, this could be better or why don't you think of that yeah put them right. my way but but you know people people don't and 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 I mean part of me thinks well that must be must be that uh, they're they're happy with it I I just I just sort of just flicked through my mind I was I was at an event about a year ago it was actually an event that Alan Thatcher was running and um, he and I were chatting and this guy. I can't remember who it was now. Joel Hines, I think it was, a British player who I didn't really know, um, came up and, and somehow Squash Info came, uh, came into conversation. And this guy, and this I think it was Joel Hines, said, oh my God, what a fantastic sight. And I, and I said, oh, it's Mike. He said, oh my God, this is your sight. Because again, you know, I'm not, I don't shout from the rooftop, Squash Info is me, it's, it's a sight. And, you know, I'm happy to yeah. admit it. I'm not, but I'm not, I'm not sort of shouting about it from the rooftop. And he said, oh, my God, that's so useful. Every time I play anybody, I go on the site to find out what they've done before. And I was thinking, well, yes, because, you know, you should be able to do that on PSA, but you it's actually can't. No. And if you did, you'd only get what was it, what they've done on PSA. So you wouldn't get, you know, what in the, the European Championships or World Championships or Premier League or this or whatever. And so, you know, and I thought, well, hell, if it's if it's useful for a player to work out his strategy on his next match, that's fantastic. You know, it's sort of a, yeah. it's good to know that he can that that that, that people can um, can use it from that way as well. That's you know, right. Rather I hadn't than, actually thought of it. Yeah. I bet a lot of players. Do yeah. That. Well, I, I, you know, again, I've no idea, but I, yeah. I, 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 it'd be nice to think that is the case. Uh-huh. Outside the glass, would like to thank Grant Irving, our wonderful lead trumpet uh, here with our podcast. He's uh, Thanks so much for all the work you've been doing. 